0: to Modern Animism Radio. I'm your host, Laura Giles. Thank you all for tuning in. We get a lot of questions from viewers about everything under the sun, really. Ecology, ancestors, the other world, nature, relationships, and it's all related to animism. Our podcast, videos, and blog posts all come from your questions and interactions on the Facebook page, so please keep contributing. It helps us to stay in touch with what you're interested in. And remember, too, that you can post. It's not my community, it's our community. By us, for us. So I get a lot of other world questions. I am breaking them up into topics. And the focus for today's podcast is the spiritual purpose of evil and pain. If you've ever wondered why bad things happen or what happens to bad people, stay tuned. First, let's acknowledge and thank the first ancestors. And if you're new, it might be confusing as to what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the elements earth air fire and water everything comes from these elements when things go wrong or you get confused you can always look to them for guidance they're incorruptible and timeless that's the focus of another show so let's not get sidetracked on that I acknowledge and thank the element of earth thank you for the strong foundation you give us our home here on earth our bodies and the roots that keep us anchored in our humanity our spirit our families into the earth itself I acknowledge the element of air and thank you for our detachment so that we can view information logically and use it creatively to help ourselves and the rest of creation I acknowledge the element of fire and thank you for helping us purify and release that which is no longer relevant and to step into our power to focus on things that are more in line with our purpose I acknowledge the element of water and thank you for opening us up to the wisdom from the unconscious so that that which is hidden deep can come into our awareness I also acknowledge and thank our loving helping ancestors who always help us in ways that we aren't even aware of thank you and I thank you all our listeners old and new we're growing I'm so excited about that. I appreciate each time you comment, like, and share any of our media and the donations that we receive to help support all our endeavors. We're listener-sponsored stations, so we cannot continue bringing you content without your support. So please keep the love train going. And if you haven't donated yet, and you want to, you can do that on our website at www.pantsociety.net. Okay, evil and pain. I know that what I'm about to say is going to be controversial for those who grew up with a Judeo-Christian background and are used to seeing the world from that lens. All I ask is that you keep an open mind. If you're a victim of trauma, this may also be hard for you to hear. Again, all I ask is that you keep your heart open. Please keep in mind that I'm not advocating that you have to do anything with what I'm saying. You don't even have to accept it as real. I just ask that you entertain the ideas and see if they fit within your world paradigm. If they do? Cool. Use them to help make sense of life. If they don't, feel free to reject my ideas. Maybe they'll come back around later out of someone else's mouth, and you can hear it then. Or maybe they just aren't for you, ever, and that's cool too. Sometimes we need to hear what doesn't work for us so that we can figure out what does. And if my words help you in any way, I'm thrilled. So let me start by saying they have never had a near-death experience but I have visited the other world many times in hypnosis regression and meditations and you can too so it's nothing strange or weird I did a podcast with Richard Martini last week where we did just that and if you haven't heard that yet you can check it out in the archives you can also see exactly what it's like, like I said it's not mysterious you don't have to be a psychic or shaman to do it anyone can do it it's really easy. You can do it as part of a ritual and make it a spiritual quest or you can just do it as you're sitting on the bus going to work. It doesn't really matter. I've seen my own death many times and done many uh, Life Between Life reviews and if you've never done that I highly recommend it. It takes the mystery and fear out of dying. I don't know if I've ever had a fear of dying actually. I grew up animist and was doing regression work from a young age. So, if I did, it was so long ago that I forgot. Uh, you know, maybe as a little kid, I had a fear of dying, but it's really not been something that's um, been part of my life for a long time. And it, it, I can't remember it ever being scary. So, you know, it's just part of life. And I live on a farm. Animals die. Sometimes because it's cold and they're exposed or weak, sometimes they die to make food for my family. When you live in close proximity to death, it makes you appreciate the miracle of life more. And every day is precious and beautiful because, you know, wow, it's so incredible that it's even happening at all. So the information I'm about to share comes from my own experiences. And everyone interprets their experiences through the human brain. We have to. And the conclusions that we draw are fallible because of that. They depend on our life experiences and culture. What one person calls angels, someone else might call spirit guides, aliens, lights, beings, or you know who knows what else. So keep that in mind as you're listening. Maybe we actually agree, but we're using different words to talk about the same things. Cool? Okay. Before each of us is born, we participate in a life planning session where we get to choose the big dominating events of our lives. It's not a 100% pre-planning thing because that would be no fun. It's more like planning for a road trip you say things like I'm gonna go cross country in a jeep I'm gonna take the direct route and drive straight through then turn around and come right back or maybe you say I'm gonna take an RV travel with a lot of friends and family meander and take the scenic route if I make it to the coast I'll be happy I'll make it up as I go along you know, we can detour we aren't compelled to follow the original plan some people Sometimes people veer way off track and terminate the journey early. Sometimes they end up staying in one place longer than they anticipated. But usually those types of things are part of the plan. Now let's say that my son or husband is a serial killer. He's Hitler or he's Jeffrey Dahmer. Who in the world would choose a life like that and why? It's hard to fathom, isn't it? What could possibly be the purpose of something that diabolical? And whether you kill 12 people, 12,000, or 12 million, how do you even sign up to kill one? It's hard to believe that that could be part of someone's life plan, isn't it? To understand that, we have to zoom out and look at the spirit world. Now, From here, we see things as good and bad. The prevailing view is that we live in an antagonistic universe, meaning that it's a battle between good and evil. It's the good's job to stop tyranny, rape, murder, oppression, and all those kinds of things. If we see a bully, we want to stop him. He's the bad guy. We want to protect the good guy. The Animus view is something different. Everything works together. Everything exists in balance to everything else. And there can be no light without darkness. So fighting the darkness is futile, because it can never be extinguished. That might sound hopeless and scary, but it's actually not. If you slow down and go into anything that scares you you'll always find that there's another aspect to it that you didn't see before there's something beautiful about it something nurturing loving insightful and even enlightening and if that's true perhaps it's not bad at all just another side of good but let's get back to Hitler and Jeffrey Dahmer why would someone choose to be these guys well You know how the hero in the story is usually the guy who takes on the job that no one else wants to do? That's Hitler and Daimler. I believe that our natural set point is to love and be light. So to sign on to do something so horrible like these guys is to put your light at risk. So what do I mean by that? Well, you can actually talk to anyone in history at any place in the universe. They might be living or dead. and It doesn't matter how back in time they were because time doesn't exist there like it does here. And once a personality has come into being, it can always be accessed. So if you want to talk to Einstein, you can talk to Einstein. And this is going to sound silly, but once when we were kids and playing around, my friends and I called in Elvis. And we actually talked to Elvis. (laughs) And I'm not sure what he said because it was a long time ago. I'm sure we asked little kid questions, but we were also able to speak to Isis. Now, I don't even know if Isis is a real goddess or a person, but she showed up. And I do remember her. Her presence felt high vibration and authoritative, uh, yet kind, and kind of businesslike. She wasn't warm like a nurturing mother type. Um, anyway, she said words to the effect of, we were love and light. And we needed to be more serious about our spirituality and stop goofing around. And she was right. We were calling on famous people as a lark or a curiosity thing. We didn't have a lot of well-thought-out questions, so it was kind of like prank calling busy people. So you can call whomever you want, but this doesn't always mean that they're going to answer. Sometimes they are what I call asleep, and I'm not sure where I got that term. Maybe one of the spirits. Um, phrase it that way but when someone is asleep it's like they're in an inaccessible place where they get back to zero it's to remember who they really are sometimes life is so dark and overwhelming that the person believes its reality that the the darkness they were in is reality and it takes them a while to wake up and remember that it's only a dream their pure love and light in the spirit world is um, the more real world the apparent world is just an illusion so when someone dies, so you had a hard, mean, rough life, they may spend some time asleep before they're conscious and accessible again. Time isn't the same over there as it is here. So the sleep could be 15 minutes or 1,500 years. So someone like Hitler or Dahmer will probably be asleep for a long time. And it's not like prison where we put them in a box and don't let them out because there's uh, they have free will still. It's kind of like a... Uh, collaboration Um, and there's no way to do anything without feeling the effect of it ourselves so when we hurt people we hurt too and whatever we do ripples out into the web of life whether it's positive or negative so when we choose to take on the role of an abuser criminal dictator murderer rapist or something like that we darken our soul but only temporarily Either we plan to serve that role for humanity or we diverted from our course. And it's usually a plan. So of what use would something like that be? Well, lots of us believe in karma. And it could be that we chose to hurt people as a way of rebalancing something. So maybe uh, someone hurt us and we are stuck in a dance or we hurt them and they hurt us and we hurt them and they hurt us. Or it could be a way of teaching someone something. Or maybe it's just a way for balance to happen. It looks really mysterious and nonsensical to us from the apparent world. We want the hero to always win and things to end in rainbows and butterflies, but that's not always the plan. There must be darkness to balance the light, and that's it. It's about balance. Pain is really another facet of the same thing. If we're on the receiving end of some darkness, that can cause pain. If you asked anybody hey do you want to sign up for a lifetime where your parents neglect you your first boyfriend rapes you you have a succession of abusive relationships and abortions and then you end up sterile and alone how many people are going to raise their hands for that for um, most of us we think no thanks and yet if you look around at most of the world people live below the poverty line and lives that are considered hard deprived by Western standards so if this is true and they chose that why I say it's because from the perspective of the other side where there's no good or bad it's really about experience it's like being an actor which roles do you want the ones where you get to be clean well fed educated and comfortable or the role where you get to scrape grind and feel when we look at it that way I think we all want that juicy role don't we it has more growth feeling and it's more meaningful isn't it even if it's hard it gives us more depth and helps us to feel like we've been here it's really as simple as that I know we want it to be more than that but really that's it if you remove the judgment it's just about experience now does that mean we have free reign to go around and wreak havoc on nature and other people I think not. Remember that what you do to the web of life has an effect on you, too. So if you want a kind, loving world, you've got to be a kind, loving person. So let's say that you're the black sheep. Maybe everybody in your family is dysfunctional and you're the normal one. Or everybody's pretty mainstream and straight-laced and you're the wild one. What are some of the reasons that someone might choose this type of situation? Well, it's not exactly evil, but it could be painful and it could uh, be about being the one who opens your family up to acceptance of something outside your comfort zone we all need people who shake us up and inspire us to grow so these types of relationships and circumstances are growth opportunities maybe I decided before coming to this world that I want to be born in comfort but I want to dabble in darkness so this gives me a way to have some variety I got a foot in two different worlds Trust me, it's not like we inflict our choices on others. They're players in the game, too. Sovereignty is me choosing what I want. Connections like a tapestry. It's a weaving of other souls whose life paths cross with mine in the ways that everybody wants. It all comes together in a beautiful way to give us all the things that we most need to grow. So maybe I feel really victimized by a partner's betrayal or suicide, but in reality... I was part of that planning. I chose to have that be part of my life experience. The next choice is what I want to do about it. Do I want to live in suffering because of it? Advocate for change? Help other people who have problems? Or ignore it? There's no wrong choice, it's just an experience. But as I say, Um, since our choices impact others, we might want to choose things that spread joy rather than pain. So, speaking about suicide, that's sometimes a pre-life choice too, or maybe a challenge. Let's say that I have a pattern of checking out early. When things get rough, I get going. And each time I say I'm going to stick it through, but I can't really do that unless I'm put under so much pressure that I consider that an option. Or let's say that I do it. Suicide obviously hurts those who are left behind, but make no mistake, it hurts just thinking about someone who feels so hopeless and alone that they consider that, but if that is the choice that they make, I need you to know that it has no impact on the soul. The soul isn't the body, it can't be destroyed. The energy of the soul is always rooted in love, whether we can connect to that or not. If you have been impacted by someone else's suicide, please forgive. Send love and light. It helps. The pain only exists here in the physical plane. So, narcissism is a mental health plague right now. Or maybe it's just being talked about more. Narcissism seems to hurt the victims more than the people with the problem. And some of the signs that you're ensnared with a narcissist are verbal and emotional abuse stonewalling, sabotage, smear campaigns, control games, feeling like you're crazy, and toxic shame. Someone with narcissism can convince you of things like you're at fault for their cheating or maybe their midnight visits to someone else weren't about cheating. It's the kind of stuff that sounds ridiculous if someone else said it, but when the narcissist says it, you find yourself thinking that you are the crazy one. So, What's going on with this? Why is this more common now? Or drug abuse you know those are really damaging things I think it's because if you think about it life moved really slow um, in the pre-industrial revolution age there's so many more opportunities now that didn't exist 125 years ago lots of technology uh, women can vote work read and be scientists men aren't stuck in the same professions as their fathers There's opportunity for entrepreneurship, travel, different types of sexual partners, and just about anything you can name. You know, it's a smorgasbord of opportunity. Now, you're that actor looking for that juicy part, and you've been locked into pretty traditional things in the past, but now, whoa, you can do pretty much anything. So why not play the junkie, or the sex addict, or the narcissist? It's not just about getting to do something new and different. It's also about learning and growing think about all the things you can learn as a prostitute that you couldn't learn as someone who conforms with social expectations around sex. you starting to get the idea? None of these things do any lasting damage to our souls. We might go to sleep for a while but when we wake up we remember who we are We remember that we're light and love. So you could just do that now and be your bright and shiny self. Uh, But maybe that would mean that you miss out on the opportunity to live a fully human life. You know, the things we can do with a body are really different than what we do as spirits. And I'm not suggesting that we should do hurtful things. I'm just saying that if you have, you can give yourself a break. offer some heartfelt forgiveness and remember that there are no victims, only volunteers. And if you're on the hurting side of an experience, think about what growth this is offering you. Maybe you are learning just how much more love and forgiveness your heart can contain. Maybe you can learn what it's like to put uh, yourself in the shoes of the oppressor. And remember that you are light and dark. You're everything too. Maybe it's about getting in touch with your rage. I don't know. Or it could be about waking up uh, your voice and learning how to say no. Or listening to your body. There really is something in this for you. If you take it, the experience can mean something big. To have a past life as a man in Cornwall, I was a petty thief who fell in love with a pretty face. Inspired by desire, I cleaned up my acts, became respectable, and earned her love. We got married, and she ended up being a spoiled, nagging, unappreciative shrew who was never satisfied. I was miserable. She got pregnant right away and ended up dying in childbirth. And rather than mourning her loss or feeling relief that it was all over, I spent the whole rest of my life in bitterness. And it was a long life, so (laughs) it was a long time. And as I look back on that, I see a wasted opportunity to forgive and move on. Or maybe to look at what I did, um, I could have looked at what I did to contribute to that situation. Maybe I didn't choose wisely. Maybe I didn't stand up for myself. Maybe I could have decided to look at her unhappiness in another way instead of taking it personally. But I lived a long time in that life, and it was a long time to be angry and hurt. And I don't hang on to those things like that now. So maybe I did learn something. Really, that's what it's all about. It's easy to see things when they happened in a past life or to someone else, but it's a lot harder when it's you. So step back and think, what would you tell a friend to do and do that? If you listen to TED Talks, they usually start with a speaker's story about how they were wounded and challenged and overcame that challenge. It's the whole wounded child story. Going into the wound is how we become our own heroes. It's how we live our purpose and grow into our greatness. And we need wounds to become all that we can be. You can't be great by living in comfort. You won't have fun or adventures from looking at life from a bubble. I recently took a group to Peru, and if you asked all of us what was our favorite day, I think most of us would have the same answer. It was a day that we spent all day hiking up to the sun gate at the top of a mountain. It was hard. It went from sweaty and hot to freezing cold, and we passed through all four seasons in a single day. The wind and fog were horrible. The views were spectacular. And there was this real danger of slipping off the side of the mountain, I kid you not and yet it was an amazing day because it made us feel And when we got to the top we knew we earned that amazing feeling of accomplishment we earned the view and we had to do it all again on the way back down because that wasn't easy either and that's why we volunteer for the hard stuff so remember it is hard but it's not bad or evil it gives us a huge opportunity for growth and this feeling of aliveness so if it feels bad or evil look at the other side we can always see the other side to anything if we look and be creative it isn't necessarily about what's obvious it's easy to say that we have a violent life because we were violent to others in the past and maybe that's why um, we chose that but maybe it's simply to be close to someone who needs the compassion that you can offer or maybe it's to care about someone who ends up hurting you so that their heartache over it can be a catalyst for them to change, or who knows? You know, whatever this story, if you just go in with an acceptance of the idea that there's no victims, and I might not know what brought me here, but there's something in it for me, it can make whatever you're enduring easier. If you want to spoil the surprise, you can go to the other side and ask. Your spirit helpers can act as tutors to help you through the rough spots. Mine haven't ever spilled all the beans, but I don't really ask for a lot of help either because I like surprises. You know, I still have to work things out for myself, and honestly, you know, I like it that way. <laughs> I like to keep things spontaneous, but you can do that if you want to. You're never alone. You could even change the whole script if you really don't like the role that you're in. I just ask for a It's a Wonderful Life type of review first where you get to see all the things that um, you impacted by being here. Um, you might find that you're having a better time than you realize, and it's really a great life. So there's not a need to change anything. So big takeaway is you have choices. Um, this life was a choice. What you do next is a choice. You can be resentful, forgiving, mean, generous, open, closed, egotistical, humble, whatever you want to be. You don't have to be nice. And your worth doesn't depend on whether you are pro-social or kind. But you will certainly help all of us have an easier and more pleasant ride if you are. So I hope that you choose to be thoughtful, considerate, and things like that. And I love you even if you don't. So if you have questions or comments, I invite you to email me at laura at pansociety.net. Please keep your questions and feedback coming. Thank you all for joining us for this edition of Modern Animism Radio. I hope it was helpful. If you'd like to donate now to support our show, go to our website at www.pansociety.net. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so that you'll be notified when the next podcast posts. It's always on Wednesdays. And you can do that on iTunes or Twitter. Um, It's on a bunch of other places, too, like SoundCloud. And you can find us on Facebook. This is Laura Giles. See you next week.